Today we're going to talk all about difficult conversations, but before I have that difficult conversation with you, let's talk about difficult injuries. Uh, I lost a fingernail, okay? I'm not going to give you graphic detail as to how that happened. Uh, I will just say this. My entire thumbnail got ripped off and my thumbnail was pretty long. So number one, keep your nails short, ladies uh, and men. Number two, um... I have broken an elbow in my lifetime, and I thought that was, at the time, one of the most painful things I had experienced. Prior to that, I had dislocated a knee, and that is also pretty painful when your kneecap gets stuck on the side of your knee, and then you have to reteach yourself how to walk and run. But no, friends, no, she was wrong. When you lose a fingernail, it is a nasty injury. You don't realize how valuable your opposable thumbs are until you lose a thumbnail and you are now operating basically with nine fingers because you won't touch anything with the tenth. So I'm moving slower than normal these days, definitely having a difficult time wiping my ass. Again, I am right-handed and this is my right thumb, so empathize, please. Wait, there's more. On top of that, my lovely sunburn has decided to start to peel. So I feel all around like a hot fucking mess. Uh, I look a little these days. I mean, I put myself together well, but like under the surface, I feel like a hot mess. When your skin is flaking off like you're a snake and you're missing a fingernail, um, what did I do? I texted B real quick and said, hey, what's the spiritual meaning for losing a fingernail? <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna grace you with her, uh, her text message response. Let me preface with this little backstory before I read this to you, okay? The backstory here is that, like, I've had a lot of changes going on in my life, uh, those of you OG listeners, I like saying that because I haven't, <laughs> I've been around, I mean, doing this business for years, but it just, it makes me, it makes me seem way more important than I am. Uh, those of you who have been around for a while, you haven't really ever seen me. Like if I was in a relationship or dating people, you never saw me share it. Now you see that that area of my life. So there's a lot of changes obviously occurring in many different realms, uh, big changes. And with big changes in your life comes a lot of emotional shifts. And it doesn't matter. And I really want to say this because someone really, really needs to hear it. And I need to fucking say it because I need to hear myself say it. <laughs> so it's validating for me. Uh, you, when, when you prepare for things in your life, I need you to remember that you're never going to prepare every nook and cranny right? So, so those of you like, like myself, right? Like I was always kind of working on myself for certain things, whether it was business or a romantic relationship, financial success, whatever it was. And you try to like clean up as much as you can from where you're standing, but you cannot predict 
every little thing that will come up for you in that area until you actually experience it. So really what you're honestly doing is cleaning up your past to prepare for the future to be different, but you don't know what else is going to come with that future that might stir up some shit from the past that you're blind to, right? So with these changes obviously comes an immense amount of emotional shifts and work that I'm doing on myself as well that I'm always doing, but it just, you know, seems like it's a little more at the forefront now because I'm having the experiences. Needless to say, I needed to preface with that because I asked her the meaning of me losing a nail and this is what she wrote. Now, I'm going to uh, um, I'm not going to break it down too much because I think for those that it resonates with, it'll land. For those that it goes right over your head and you're like, huh, I don't fucking get it. It's okay. Stay your path. At some point, it might make sense. So uh, nails are made up of keratin and harder cellular material. B said. They are constantly growing and replenishing. They act as a protectant for the finger bed. Fingertips are the recipient of energy coming in and a conduit for energy going out. When you have something hardened that represents a long time or deep-seated belief gradually remove itself, it makes room for newly created material to come in. So if you rewind to what I just said was going on in my life, right? All the changes and the shifts that are good, amazing things happening. And then you fast forward (laughs) what I just read to you. That will definitely make more sense. Anyway, let's talk about difficult conversations. Uh, I love a difficult conversation, but there's a lot of people out there, maybe you listening, who don't, who avoid, who try to dip out, who hope that people pick up hints or read between the lines or read your mind. But I mean, you make it more difficult for yourself when you don't speak up. And the common thing that I hear from individuals about not speaking up is I don't owe them a conversation, which I did a whole podcast episode about. I don't remember the name of that episode, but it wasn't that long ago. You don't owe certain people a conversation. However, let's just make a distinction here. A, I said in that podcast whenever... I did that podcast. You owe it to yourself to speak up for yourself and to not leave your pla- yourself in a place of feeling annoyed and frustrated and aggravated by someone that you're having to interact with. Speaking up changes that for you. But also, you owe it to the relationships that you want to keep around. Um I don't have an actual like percentage or proper statistic on this, but uh, lack of communication is like one of the number one killers of relationships. I know that's uh, a dramatic way to put it, but it's true. A lack of communication is really at the root of a lot of issues that that result in a breakup or a divorce or you know somebody cheating, for instance, right? Like that 
that rift, that disconnect, that inability to claim your needs or express your feelings, let's say in a cheating situation, like that's 100% on the person that decided to go cheat. However, like let's just Let's just like dissect it for a second. Why not for funsies, okay? That's why we're here. So let's say a cheater, right? Number one, I have to get this out because it's like hindering my ability to like just like speak on this topic. So I've been cheated on like way, 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 way long ago in my past, but I've been I've been on the receiving end of somebody cheating. And I never understood it because I'm a Scorpio and we're like the most like sexual creatures. And in my mind back then, I was like, that's the only important thing. I give you this. Um, wow, too much information, Amy. So, but the on the receiving end of it, you often feel, A, like it's your fault that somebody went to cheat. Like I wasn't giving them something. They went and got it elsewhere. And then the other thought process, for me at least, was always, uh, you know, why am I not good enough and why is that person better than me? But the reality of a situation around cheating is the person that went to cheat is actually the insecure person who had to go seek out what they were needing from another source because they felt incapable or were unwilling to speak up and claim it from that person that they're in a relationship or a marriage with. And or set boundaries in that situation, right? Sometimes claiming your need means disengaging and leaving or ending, dissolving the relationship. They were unwilling to do that, so they went elsewhere and maybe lied and snuck around or whatever, right? So yes, a lack of communication creates many, 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 many problems. That's one of many that I just touched on. Uh, When somebody can't speak up for themselves, it does show that they are insecure on some level. Everybody gets so mad when I like blanket a statement with the word insecure or unhealthy, but the reality is is that I'm just identifying the behavior. It's honestly, in my humble opinion, better than me diagnosing someone with a label that you're trapped under. Like somebody literally umbrellaed your symptoms with a diagnosis and gave you some medication to mitigate the symptoms and then said, here, you are now trapped in this bubble and you are forever labeled this. That's not what I'm doing. Because if you're insecure, you can become secure. I'm going to speak as a we right now. We avoid tough conversations sometimes because we're trying to avoid hurt feelings. We're trying to avoid criticizing or judging another, which are you really trying to avoid criticizing or judging another? Or are you trying to avoid feeling bad for being honest about how you really feel? In other words, are you uncomfortable with how you feel so much that you're avoiding having the conversation and you're making it about them, not you? Oh, oh my God, Amy, that's so true. I'm not going to necessarily blanket that statement because the truth is, is that when you have grown up around people that are highly reactive or unsupportive and you try to communicate honestly with them, if your consistent, you know, uh, experience has been the person lashes out, the person withholds love, the person gives you the silent treatment, or they punish you in some way, shape, or form, then you might have developed patterns of avoidance 
from those traumatic, abusive situations. You're avoiding the pain of that backlash, being on the receiving end of someone ill-equipped, incapable, unwilling to regulate their emotions, soothe themselves, and effectively communicate what they need or want. Communication is rather simple if we break it down, right? I speak on behalf of myself, you hear me. You speak on behalf of yourself, I hear you. And then we try to find a solution, right? We try to find common ground. We try to find compromise. And if we can't, then we might both have to acknowledge we see this differently. We value things differently. We prioritize differently. But I can respect and support that you do it that way and I do it this way. And that is the compromise ultimately that we reach. But a lot of people come at communication from a place of control and they want to express themselves and they want to demand that the other person just obey whatever they're going to express. And then in their head, they think, well, they're not going to want to do this or they're not going to oblige or they're not going to be capable because I've watched them do it this way for so long. So I'm just not going to say anything because I'm avoiding my own disappointment of them not obeying me. In other words, I'm avoiding the lack of control that I actually have over everybody. I mean, communication is fascinating because there's so many driving forces behind people's inability to want to speak up. Sometimes it's they don't feel worthy of asking for what they need or want, and we could stem that back to childhood real fast. But other times, as I've mentioned, it's because they were abused and and they had spoken up. And so they're avoiding that abuse by protecting themselves. And that protection comes out in not speaking up. So how do we bridge, right? Like, how do we bridge these gaps? And, and really, like, it's kind of similar work no matter where you're coming from. Like, no matter what the driving force is behind why you struggle to communicate or you avoid communication or feel like you don't owe it to people to communicate, the the bridge for everybody or the work, quote unquote, right, that you need to put in for yourself is to recognize, number one, you're not where you once were. So you're not that little child anymore, male, female, whatever. You're not that little kid anymore in that situation where you were trying to survive. Because that's what you have to realize, is a lot of your childhood behaviors that you developed were coming from a need to survive. You needed your needs met. It's very simplistic, or I at least communicate it very well in a very simplistic way for you to digest. You needed your needs met as a child. And if your need, if you, if on any level you felt like your needs were not getting met the way you needed them met, it doesn't mean your parents were bad. And that's what I always have to say. Yes, there are parents out there that were completely neglectful and self-centered. Yes, yes, a thousand percent. But other times, like my parents, my parents meant well. My parents were doing the best they could. That's probably a larger percentage of the population, if I'm being honest with you. But yes, there's also another chunk of the population that had shitty fucking parents or absent parents completely. But regardless, 
If your needs were not being met, whether your parents were good or not, if you didn't feel like you were loved the way you needed to be loved, if you didn't feel heard, if you didn't feel validated, if you didn't feel respected, if you didn't feel supported, if you didn't feel a sense of freedom and authenticity that you could express and speak up and wear the clothes that felt most aligned for you or whatever it was, do the hobbies, say the things, hang out with the people, whatever it was for you, if you felt neglected, if you felt unheard, if you felt unseen, if you felt rejected, if you felt a lack of support, if you felt criticized, if you felt like you had to be perfect, your needs were not getting met. And if your needs were not getting met, at least in your little mind as a child, you developed a way to get that need met, whether that way of coping with the unmet need was to shut up, to not speak up, to, as I was taught growing up, be seen and not heard, Amy. We all see how that turned out, don't we? (laughs) You know, sweep it under the rug. Y'all know I love an elephant in the room, right? I made a whole damn t-shirt about it, which, by the way, you can purchase in my merch shop if you go to my website, amyfiedler.com. That's A-M-Y-F-I-E-D-L-E-R.com. Or hit the link in my bio on Instagram. You can head to the merch shop and pick up some cool merchandise. Big fan of communication. That's another favorite. Big fan of boundaries or, you know big fan of talking about the elephant in the room. Anyway, enough plugging my own stuff for you. Let's get back into this. So, so, you know, if you recognize that your inability or unwillingness at times to communicate is coming from those childhood experiences that you've endured or witnessed, because sometimes you just were a witness to mom and dad or mom and grandma, or dad and a girlfriend, or mom and a boyfriend, or whoever, whoever it was, and you and you learned. Like you gotta consider this: as a kid, you're a you're a sponge, but you're also a blank slate. Who? How do you learn how to function in this world? From the adults in your life, from those environments that you frequent. So if you're this sponge and this blank slate. I mean, I feel like they're one and the same, but just hang with me here, okay? Because you're soaking it all in, but you're also a blank slate. So it's like writing a, a freaking book from scratch, right? Then what you're witnessing and what you're experiencing is what is going to create the patterns in your life that you develop. So then you get older and you go out in these relationships and a lot of you continue to act the way you do with your mother, with your girlfriends out there or the way you act with your father you go and you treat your boyfriends the same way where if like daddy withheld love and you're chasing after daddy's approval and love all the time you go and you start functioning that way with your boyfriend but but your boyfriend's not dad and you don't make that connect right so like if you take the communication struggles that you witnessed growing up like let's talk about mine for instance I personally was always the kid who spoke up and was told to shut up. I had no issue as a child being like, but that's wrong, but you're being mean, but your definition of respect doesn't make sense. Like, 
I was mouthy and I was told I was mouthy. Matter of fact, my father, quote unquote, would say, you got a mouth on you. And to this day, now we joke about it, but that was the truth. I always had something to say. Now, in in terms of being capable of being heard, that's a whole different conversation because I said a lot of shit, but nobody wanted to hear me because I had parents that didn't know how to soothe or regulate themselves. So when their child speaks up and challenges their behavior, their belief system, because for me, in my little mind, it didn't fucking make sense. Like, respect is not control. That's not what that means. But that's what they taught us. So I would point it out time and time again. Like, that's not what respect means. That's not what respect means. I would go out of my way to try to prove it to them. Here, look, read the dictionary definition. They didn't want to hear it. And so I grew up being capable of speaking up, but expecting to be invalidated, ignored, not heard, punished, or or criticized or rejected for doing it. So for me, the pattern that then developed when I went out into the world and started functioning alongside other people that were not mom and dad, I always communicated and then panicked. So, you know, when you hear people talk about like anxious attachment and and those types of behavior patterns and things like that, that's where a lot of mine was stemming from. It was that fear of rejection or abandonment or the silent treatment. I would panic. If you didn't answer me right away, I'd panic. I'd I'd read into behaviors. If there was a pause in the conversation, I would get a full-on anxiety attack because I thought, oh no, what are you going to say now? I would overanalyze body language and the use of your words in a text message or your punctuation, anything to find control in a situation that I had only had experiences of in my life where I was completely out of control. I didn't come from an environment where communication was safe. So I didn't have an example of safe, healthy, supportive, respectful communication. I only had an example of, I'm going to always say, what I need or what I want or what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling. And I'm always going to get some level of backlash or punishment for it or rejection or abandonment or, 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 or. And so that traumatized me. I went out into relationships or friendships, like friendships I didn't even share with them. I didn't let them near me. I didn't let them in because I was I was terrified of losing them. So it was easier to keep them at arm's length than invite them in and risk those feelings that I feel so out of control feeling. And then romantic relation, all I wanted was to be in love when I was a kid and and I didn't know how to function in them because I'd communicate and then I'd get really needy and attached to what might come next, and I'd panic, and I was always filtering it through that filter from my childhood, that traumatic or that traumatized state of mind that I was in as a child. That's how I filtered every conversation. And all my coping mechanisms for that came from childhood. So the way I behaved and the way I reacted or, you know, or didn't react, I had developed those from a very young age to survive in that environment. So what you need to recognize is that like that is what is driving your need 
to avoid right now. If you look at those first relationships that you had from a young age, you'll find the reason as to why you do what you do now with your husband or your wife or your kids or your in-laws or your colleagues or, 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 or. What happens in your now relationships, right? Your present day relationships when you don't have the hard conversations because of those past fears, right? If you don't reconcile those past experiences and really work through changing your mindset about who you are now and who you're interacting with now. You got to separate your now experience from your then experience. Remember that movie now and then? I just had a very nostalgic moment saying now and then. Um, You have to be able to be willing to do that and do it by looking at the discomfort you felt as a child. Because not having these, as I was saying, not having these difficult conversations now in your friendships or your relationships will only lead to deeper problems down the road. I've, I've been talking to some people in my own personal life, and, and nobody in my personal life listens to this podcast, which is, I mean, I could totally just like tell the story, but, but I am a lockbox over here and I keep everybody's shit to myself. So I'm just going to give like a generalization of what's kind of transpiring. But, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend recently and she was sharing how she was noticing behavior from another friend that was making her uncomfortable and you know she and 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 it had to do with how the friend was interacting with the husband who who was a friend of that person's before my friend came in and and married him so they're all three friends basically but my friend is uncomfortable now with the way the girl interacts with her husband and you know I it's more of a, a a mindless behavior. I don't think it's a malicious behavior. But regardless, it's creating a wedge in the friendship because now my friend has this unspoken resentment and anger and annoyance with this person brewing inside of her and it's coming out in little ways when she spends time with her. And clearly people pick up on that. Most people pick up on that. They start to sense or see a behavior shift. And we know when there's unspoken communication. Like we know. Everybody knows. You all feel it. We all feel that discomfort when we notice somebody change suddenly in their behavior. The discomfort is that unspoken communication. That's what we feel on the receiving end. We're like, we know you got to say something. Why are you not fucking saying it? Just say it. That's what creates the weirdness in those moments. So not not what's actually going to be said. It's when you hide it. When you don't say it, it's felt by everybody in the room. Because we can all see it in the way you act and the way you, you know, communicate and how you're trying to cope with what is being suppressed inside of you. And so that's what's kind of happening with a friend of mine. Like it's coming out in her interactions in different ways. And she's like, I think 
that that girl is starting to catch on and I'm like I'm I'm more than sure she probably is why do you not just have the conversation and she's like how do you start a conversation like that I go the same way you call me up and ask me how my day is like people think I am crazy when I say that I get it. It might sound a little nuts to some of you, but the reality is, is that if you neutralize the difficult conversations, they will become normal for you. It goes like that with anything, though. The more you do it, the easier it gets. The less you do it, the harder it gets. The more you build it up to be this big thing and 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 then as an as a human being you get nervous you get anxiety about it because you've never done it so you feel out of control you don't know what to expect so you got to start small start when you feel uncomfortable and speak up in that moment because the longer you let it go the more it just accumulates. And then by the time you want to express it, and this is what I listen to people tell me all the time, by the time they're ready to talk about it, they don't know how to communicate it because it's so explosive inside of them. Like when you when you keep all of those emotions just stuffed down in your body and you don't let them come out when they need to, then you just give them more power over you. So by the time they're ready to come out, it's like a ticking time bomb. And then your delivery is off and it's harder than ever to have a healthy conversation with someone when you've got that much negative energy just stewing inside of you that you've been fueling with your avoidance of having the simple conversation. And some of y'all, some of y'all think, Well, if I just don't have it now, I won't be worried about it. Like, I'll just let this moment pass and it'll just go away. Here's the deal. Like, here's what you need to do. You get upset by something, step back and regulate yourself. Step back and soothe yourself. Sure, give it a little bit of space, a little bit of breathing room to process and figure out if you're just triggered by something? Does it need to have a whole conversation around it or not? If it sticks with you after you've soothed yourself, after you've regulated yourself, if it's still recycling in your head and you can't stop thinking about it, like I listen to people tell me all the time, like, I can't stop the thoughts, Amy. They just keep going. Because you got to address them. If they're recycling in your head, it's because they need a space to express. They need a space to feel validated. They need a a space to feel seen and heard and felt. And if you haven't given them that the way they need it, just like a small child, I said this in one of the last podcasts, just like a small child, it's going to find a way out. It's going to find a way to get that need met. That's how your emotions work. So when you put it in the context of having a difficult conversation, A, they're only difficult because you've made it difficult. If you neutralize every subject that you want to talk about, like I said, like I've never had a problem having the hard conversation. My problem from my upbringing was, am I going to be abandoned for the information I'm delivering? Those are our real fears Am I going to get punished? Are you going to withhold love? Are you going to reject me because I'm actually telling you my truth? Once you get over that hurdle, then it's 
then then you can express anything. But getting over that hurdle requires you to actually own what you think and feel. Because if you own it, if you acknowledge this is authentic for me, this is how I really feel, I'm validating my feelings and I'm going to share them with somebody that's in my life, then if that person rejects you for it or withholds love for it, they weren't the right person to begin with. Not communicating when you have a problem only is going to lead to future problems. It's going to deepen that problem and create more problems. It will perpetuate everything in a negative direction because you're going to now filter everything that person does through the unspoken conversation. So now they annoy you. Now you're resentful. Now you're easily irritated. Now you've lost your patience because you're not speaking up on behalf of yourself. This is not on the other person. It's on you a thousand percent. If you're not going to communicate and then you're going to project resentment and project anger and project a lack of patience and project whatever else you've got going on inside, then you're creating a disconnect between you and other people because you don't want to own how you really feel for whatever that reason is. Maybe that reason is you're not comfortable with how you feel. You haven't really regulated yourself or processed like where that's actually coming from. Maybe you don't want to hold yourself accountable for how you're feeling so you just want to project it onto people. Like There could be a million reasons why you're not doing that but it all comes back around to self-sabotage because you're keeping people at arm's length when you don't give them the opportunity to hear you out and try to respect or support you. All you do is drive a wedge in between you and those friendships, you and those family relationships, you and those romantic relationships, you and those coworkers or colleagues or whoever. You just drive a wedge between you and them because you don't want to speak up on behalf of yourself. So instead, you make excuses. You blame it on them. You tell, you, you tell yourself they're not capable of receiving it. And maybe they've shown you that they're sensitive or they're uncomfortable in a conversation like that. But it's still on you to speak up. You know how many people I talk to every day who are uncomfortable with my directness? I don't care. I know how I come across. I've been called intimidating. I know these things. I also know that I'm not ever coming from a malicious place. I also know that I've worked really hard to regulate myself and if I catch myself not doing that, I, I get on it and I, and I work it out. I also know that I come from an upbringing of verbal abuse, so I'm never gonna lash out onto anyone. I know these things about myself, so I'm confident in my delivery because I know what I'm saying might come across a little brash at times, but that's just because, I don't know, you didn't want to hear it? I say the hard things. I know that about myself. I'm compassionate and deeply empathetic. I know that about myself. I'm also very sensitive when I'm on the receiving end of information. So even though I'm very direct, I also respect directness coming back at me. I'm very transparent because I respect transparency coming back at me. You know, they say practice what you preach. Well, if you're going to go out into the world and you're going to expect people to be honest with you and expect people to hold themselves accountable and expect people to, to share their emotions and not hide them from you, you've got to embody the same thing. You got to show up as that same 
type of energy and deliver that to other people. And if you're unwilling and then you're getting angry because you're not receiving, there's definitely something for you to work through on your end. So I'm going to wrap this up with a pretty little bow like I like to do, okay? When you have the hard conversation, it it makes the rest of the relationship a lot easier to navigate through because one hard conversation under your belt builds the confidence to tackle the next one and the next one and the next one. But the quicker you're willing to avoid it, that's going to make every other situation that comes up easy to avoid. And then before you know it, you're walking around feeling disconnected and distant from everybody in your life, wondering why no one understands you or gives you what you need or want. And it all comes back to you. If you're not willing to communicate, ask for what you want, Tell them how you need it. Give them directions. For fuck's sake, we go and we buy furniture and, uh, and devices and all of these things and they all come with directions. People come with them too and they're called boundaries. If you're not willing to communicate them, if you're not willing to express your wants and your needs and your feelings and your values to the people in your life, you're not going to have anybody close to you. <laughs> 